Welcome to Scuba Shack Radio, episode 83, recorded Monday, April 25th, 2022. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Hello again, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to this latest episode of Scuba Shack Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Centropino. Well, today I'm getting the show back on schedule. I was a week late on episode 82 because of COVID, and it's been a little bit of a struggle over the past couple of weeks to make it through the show, but I'm pressing forward. It's turning out to be a pretty busy spring here at the shop. Our open water class that finished up this weekend was full, and as I look ahead, I see that our May and June classes are also full. We are now booking open water courses for July. Wow. It feels like there's a little bit of a resurgence in scuba diving. Certainly a good feeling after two years of dealing with the pandemic. And speaking of busy, I'm continuing to work on some additional projects and hope that I will be able to share a little more soon. Retirement has been anything but quiet. Stay tuned. We just celebrated Earth Day a couple of days ago, so I thought I'd do something here on the show related to the environment. It's been a while since I've done anything related to the climate. So, today I'm going to talk a little bit about the NASA Global Climate Change website, and specifically go into some detail around an article that they published there titled, Too Hot to Handle, How Climate Change May Make Some Places Too Hot to Live. But first up is Wet Notes, our news and information update. This is Wet Notes here on Scuba Shack Radio for Monday, April 25th, 2022. First up today, a little editorializing. I want to tell you about a commercial that I saw on TV. As you can imagine, while I was laid up with COVID, I spent a lot of time watching television. Well, one of the commercials got me a little riled up, and it was a McDonald's commercial that showed several young people sitting around shooting the covers off of straws at one another. The caption on the commercial said, the drink that comes with a game. Now that didn't sit too well with me. I could be wrong, but I think these were still the large plastic straws. Now I can remember doing the same thing when I was a little kid. The only difference was that the straws back then were paper. I guess I don't feel like we should be advertising using plastic straws. Anyway, I also did notice some other fast food commercials where the drinks were shown without straws. Commercials have a lot more to say than we may think. Several weeks ago, the guys at the Great Dive podcast did a show on dive watches. It was pretty entertaining, and I know a lot of folks out there are into vintage collections. You can certainly see that if you get the Journal of Diving History from the Historical Diving Society. Well, I just saw an article on Dive Newswire that there's a new book coming out from Ocean Prize Books titled, The Watch Collector's Guide to Divers. Now, the research was documented by Ocean Prize Editorial Director Riyad Yaksin. 
The book covers all the popular companies like Rolex, Omega, Tudor, Boulevard, Zodiac, and Doxa. To be a dive watch, they must withstand a pressure of at least 10 atmospheres and up to 1,000 meters underwater. The book also contains interesting stories about the different brands. Now, if you're interested in getting a copy of the book, you can pick it up for $29.95 with free shipping. You can also check out the Dive Newswire for a discount code. I'm not sure when that offer ends. Now, this could be a great gift idea for someone you know. In the April issue of Scuba Diving Magazine, there's an article by Brooke Morton titled, An Island of One's Own. The subtitle of the article says, These private island resorts offer sweet seclusion, along with exclusive access to some of the world's best diving. So where are they? Well, Brooke lists seven resorts, and here they are. First, there's Scrub Island Resort in the British Virgin Islands. Then there's Petite St. Vincent Resort and God's Pocket Resort on Hearst Island, just north of Vancouver Island, Canada. On North Mali Atoll in the Maldives, there's Four Seasons Kudahora Resort. Honduras features the Cabanas on Clark Key. And there's Matagi Private Resort in Fiji. Finishing up the list is Thatch K Resort in Belize. Now, this is a great article in Scuba Diving Magazine's April issue. Check it out. Have you heard of the Bonaire Bond? Well, I came across this in an article in Forbes magazine by Joanna Reed. Her article is titled, Pledge the Bonaire Bond and Help the Island Famous for Its Underwater Reefs. So here's how it works. Between Earth Day 2022 and 2023, Bonaire is inviting visitors to sign the Bonaire Bond and they will plant even more coral trees on its reefs. It doesn't cost anything to take the pledge. If you click on the Bonaire Bond link, you'll be presented with the pledge items that include being mindful how you treat the ocean, being courteous and keep distance from wildlife, be eco-conscious and avoid single-use plastic, treading lightly leaving no trace, and supporting local businesses, community, and culture. Like I said, the bond is free, but you can adopt a coral nursery tree for two years with a $500 donation. We got an email from our friends at Stream to Sea this week about another initiative they are kicking off. The company is pledging to donate $1 to reef renewal for every tube of reef-safe mineral sunscreen they sell. They are supporting Reef Renewal's goal of planting 10,000 corals before World Ocean Day 2022. World Ocean Day this year is June 8th. Stream to Sea says that they are crazy for corals. They had a tagline in their email, protect the reefs, clean the water, save the fish, and feed the people. Stream to Sea also has a contest going on where you can win a free cruise for two with Virgin Voyages. You can register for the contest on the Stream to Sea website. Autumn continues to raise the bar on reef-safe products, and we are proud to sell them here at the shop. And finally today, are you ready to put together your summer reading list? Well, there's a very good blog post on the Ocean Conservancy website by Katie Hoagie titled, 11 Must-Read Ocean Books in 2022. The subtitle is, These Books Will Change the Way You Think About the Ocean. 
Now, the list that Katie put together focuses on books about ocean discovery, the deep sea, and little-known facts about the sea. So here's just a sample of the books that Katie put on her list. First, there is The Brilliant Abyss by Helen Scales. The book is about deep sea's elaborate ecosystem. Then there is Below the Edge of Darkness by Edith Witter, and that's where you'll go 800 feet below the surface and explore bioluminescence. Jill Heinrich's book, Into the Planet, is on the list, along with one with a very interesting title, Why Fish Don't Exist, by Lulu Miller. But that's really a story about the life work of David Starr Jordan. You can also look at The Book of Eels by Patrick Svensson or Spineless by Julie Burwald. There are more listed in the blog post, so check out the April 21st post by Katie Hoagie on the Ocean Conservancy website and get your reading list set for this summer. Well, that's it for this latest installment of Wet Notes here on Scuba Shack Radio. Well, it's been a little while since I've talked a little more in detail about our environment and specifically climate change. Now, we just celebrated Earth Day 2022, so I thought I'd do something related to what's going on in the environment. Now, I started to do a little bit of research on the latest news related to climate change and came across a really interesting website from NASA. And that website is NASA's Global Climate Change Vital Signs of the Planet. You can find it at climate.nasa.gov. You can review facts, articles, solutions, and more. The website is very informative. But I want to focus on one of the subsections under the article menu, and that is the climate newsletter. The NASA climate newsletter comes out monthly, and you can find an archive of those newsletters going back to 2016. You can also subscribe to the newsletter and be notified by email when the latest version is available. Now that's pretty convenient. Now in the April 2022 newsletter, the top story grabbed my attention. It is titled, Too Hot to Handle, How Climate Change May Make Some Places Too Hot to Live. Why should we be concerned? Well, according to this article, heat stress is a leading cause of weather-related deaths in the United States. Now, there was a really interesting chart that showed all of the weather-related deaths for 2020. In addition to heat, the other weather-related deaths included flood, lightning, tornado, hurricane, winter and cold, wind, and believe it or not, rip currents. Another scary statistic is that heat stress has more than doubled over the last 40 years. The article started by talking about some, something we hear about all the time, and that is the heat index. That's what the air temperature feels like on our body when we factor in relative humidity. We're all familiar with how the weather guys talk about the dew point. Well, there's another measure that really tells us about how dangerous the weather can get as it relates to heat stress, and that is the wet bulb temperature. 
A simple definition of wet bulb temperature is the lowest temperature that an object can cool down when moisture evaporates from it. So what does this mean to humans? Now, the highest wet bulb temperature humans can survive over a six-hour period is approximately 95 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, that may seem a little high, and you might wonder how often and where that happens. The article indicated that the wet bulb temperature has been above 95 degrees on nine different occasions since 2005. They did not say how long it was above that 95 degree level, but these occurrences were in Pakistan and the Persian Gulf area. Now that may not seem like a lot of times, but the trend is not good. Over the past 40 years, the number of times the wet bulb temperature has been measured between 90 and 95 degrees Fahrenheit has tripled in the last 40 years. The article also discusses how NASA is using their satellites to track heat waves. There are a couple of images that illustrate the 2021 Pacific Northwest heat wave and also one that shows the 2020 L.A. County heat wave. So how does this end up? If you remember, the article's subtitle was how climate change may make some places too hot to live. The trend shows that the the critical 95-degree mark will start to be more routine in Southeast or South Asia, the Persian Gulf, and Red Sea by 2050. And then by 2070, it will extend to Eastern China, Southeast Asia, and Brazil. You might think that the U.S. is immune. It's not. The predictions are that in the next 50 years, wet bulb temperatures will hit critical limits in Midwestern states like Arkansas, Missouri, and Iowa. The trends are certainly not good. And if you think about how we need to increase our artificial cooling with AC, that's just going to create more global warming. That is unless we really figure out how to move off of fossil fuels and into renewables. There were also a couple of other interesting articles in the April newsletter. One talked about how the thawing permafrost could leach microbes and chemicals into the atmosphere. And then the other article is about how this year, Arctic sea ice, the maximum extent, was its 10th lowest reach, according to satellite records. Now, this is a lot of dire news, but let's hope things turn around. If you're concerned about climate change like me and want to be informed on the latest news, then subscribing to the NASA Global Climate Change Newsletter is something you should consider. I found that list of books from Katie Hoagie to be very interesting. I think maybe I'll put a few on my reading list, and and then perhaps I can talk about them here on the show. I also found the NASA newsletter to be quite informative. I'm looking forward to getting that delivered each month. So that wraps up this latest episode of Scooby Shack Radio. It's been a little bit of a struggle as I'm still recovering from COVID, but, you know, I'm hanging in there. Once again, 
I want to thank you all for listening and for your continued support. Until next time, take care, everyone. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Talk to you next time.